Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Change Wholesale. Change Wholesale gives brokers an unfair advantage. The groundbreaking community mortgage from Change Wholesale is the only owner-occupied mortgage that doesn't require income or employment documentation. Fewer requirements, more closing. That's the Change Wholesale unfair advantage. Get connected with Change Wholesale by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. All right, welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, J.P. Hussey of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. And today I have my good buddy, Kurt Stranson, broker owner, Pinnacle Mortgage Corporation. What's up, Kurt? Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me on today. Of course, of course. All right, so we were just talking a little bit before this. So you're up in the New England area. Am I right in saying that? You were headquartered in Manchester, New Hampshire. Right now we're currently licensed in 14 states, soon to be 17. Oh, nice. All right, sweet, sweet. So you were just saying Patriots fan, right? Eagles are playing up there. Your Celtics just kicked our ass, Sixers, game seven. Are you a basketball fan too? Uh I like hockey, basketball, I mean, hockey, NFL, and uh, baseball more. Although, uh-huh. after watching the Bruins collapse after a 3-1 lead in the playoffs, I think we were old one with the Celtics a little bit. Yeah, was yeah. Well, I was going to get a little shot in there, but you kind of brought yeah. it up. You beat me to it. Okay, collapse so. of all collapses. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was rough, but our Flyers are really a laughing stock. But eh, what do you get to What do you get to So. Good luck to the Celtics. I'm hurt still. I'm a big basketball fan, but what are you going to do? You know, Tatum went off. What are you going to do? Um, all right. So, yeah, Philly, New England area, we're kind of the same, cut from the same type of cloth a little bit, you know, uh, which is cool. So I always like to start here of getting a background. I'm just meeting you here today. Getting a background, how you got into the industry, take me from day one, and, and then what led to, to now, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So basically, I got in the business back in April of 2003. So okay. just eclipsed 20 years. Nice. Uh, went to college, went to a business school, Bentley University now down in uh, just outside of Boston and thought I wanted to get into financial services. And then uh, talked to some friends and some people in the industry about mortgages. And I liked the idea of helping people get what they want and need versus mm-hmm. selling stuff to people that they they might need, but not necessarily want. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been very passionate about the industry since. Uh, back in 2003, I worked for a mortgage lender slash broker. And okay. uh, within three years, I was a senior VP running three offices in different spots in New England. Uh, the owner was retiring. So in uh, basically March-ish of 06, I opened my first brokerage shop. It was uh, back then I was Radiant Mortgage, ran that Mm -hmm. until about 2011, uh, sold up to a bigger uh, non-delegated lender broker. Nice. And then uh, reopened as Pinnacle Mortgage in uh, April of 2015. 15, okay. So we've been just just eclipsing about eight years. Yep. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah, congrats. So you've, you've always been in the broker type world for the most part since 2003. It was like a broker banker type situation they were mortgage banker but as i got into the executive position i really expanded the wholesale side of that Uh business because uh well it was a big market prior to the 2008 collapse obviously Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then 
went on my own in 2006 and we took off. We grew fairly quickly and um, it was a great time to be in the mortgage business. And, uh, you know, we've been, I've been in it ever since. And I think the, you know, relational part of the business is what I like. Mm -hmm. Um, In college, I took a lot of business ethics courses. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I did get involved in the industry very early, 2005, 2006 on the legislative side, helping to try to create some of these clean regulations that were necessary. You know, when they say prior to 08, it was uh, a little on the wild side. That's probably an understatement. Um, Uh And that there was massive attrition after. I think 75% or so of the business, people that were in the business left the business after the 08 collapse. You feel like that's going to happen again right now? Do you see no, it so I, I don't. I mean, I was I was um, mentored by uh, one of the biggest brokers in the country at the time was Joe Falk. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he brought us down to D.C. a lot and we helped lobby for the Safe Licensing Act. And then, you know, be involved in some of those conversations with regards to the regulations that were necessary to clean up the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, my mm-hmm. you know, what I see now is it's not the same as it was prior to 08. That's what you know, I was going to ask. People, like- yeah, those people didn't qualify. they didn't qualify for the mortgages. And mm-hmm. when the prices started dropping, they became upside down. Um, they were banking on a refinance that never happened. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think the people I've seen statistics recently, I want to say the national average loan to value in the country is somewhere around 87, 88 percent right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that gives people a healthy position versus people were over leveraged back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think you're not going to see it a repeat of the massive loss of for, you know foreclosures and short sales that we saw then. It's just a different yeah, yeah. environment. Yeah. I got into the industry in 2011, literally right when the comp changes, changes came, came about. So I never saw the industry before then. Right. Um, but obviously before that you were all the way over here on the pendulum, right? Now it's swung all the way back here. Do you agree we have to meet somewhere in the middle, kind of? Like, I don't want to say, I mean, rules are there and it's better than it was, obviously. But do you think there, there should be some pullback on certain, you know, rules that are in effect? Yeah, the big tug of war back then was uh, the rules were different depending on what side of the industry you're on. Rules were yeah. different for brokers than it was for the retail lending and banking side. And I think the whole... Uh, necessity is to level the playing field. And I think mm-hmm. to some degree that's occurred. That's why you've seen the massive movement. They think last 12 months, 20,000 people have moved to wholesale from retail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in 2008, I think between 2008, 2009, you know, market share for brokers went from somewhere around 50% to under 17 or 18% mm. in one year. Mm. So it was a massive shift, but it was heavily geared towards you know one side of the industry and almost Mm -hmm. penalize the other and i think you know level in the playing field is good for consumers Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. good for the industry and it's good for the industry on all sides yeah yeah i mean there has to be the right like i'm a i'm a fan of of rules and reg right even if it goes whether you fully agree with it or not because it's better than being how it was Right. Because if you're really consumer focused, that's what matters. Like if we got to take a little pain, you got to take a little pain. You know, the consumer shouldn't be taking the pain. That's, you know, my opinion. Now, are you are you are you working with AIM advocacy at all right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm saying, like that's where you should be. 
I'm the state legislative captain for okay. New Hampshire. For New uh, Hampshire. I was fortunate okay. to see uh, Brendan and um, yep. the team down in D.C. last month. And cool. um, we've worked with them a little bit on trying to uh, get the VA uh, bill that he had moving in New Hampshire. New Hampshire has some things that is just not going to allow it to happen. Um, mm -hmm. We're looking at uh, helping maybe ban trigger leads in the state of New Hampshire. Heard that. You yep. know, I know there's a national conversation going on there. It's, it's necessary. I was at a luncheon today with our state trade group and there was a luncheon with the state Republican uh, senators. And there's a, another one after this, this afternoon for the other side. And um, that conversation is welcomed. You know, I think it's a, it's a tough thing to battle on the national level, but I think if states mm -hmm. start pecking away at, putting a ban in place, it helps drives the not it helps drive the national conversation. And yeah. uh so far it's been welcomed by all the trade organizations in the state of New Hampshire. And it sounds like it's been welcomed by even the um provider of credit reports. So yeah. it's it'll be interesting to see, but it's necessary. While I was sitting in the luncheon, ironically, I had a client texting me that of they course. got a, yeah. they got a call from Rocket Mortgage saying they're working with us, which they're mm -hmm. not representing mm -hmm. they were part of our transaction trying to mm -hmm. you know close their loan um, yeah so that ha happened right in front of the senators while we're having lunch with them you know it, it mm -hmm. couldn't have timed out better but that just mm -hmm. tells you how frequent it is yeah it, it sucks it happened to the client but at that point in time you're kind of like Meh. <laughs> i gotta show you some proof just to kind of back you up a bit uh like i was saying i'm in pennsylvania one of my very good uh, real estate partners is pretty high up in the NAR for uh, Pennsylvania. And we were talking, I got him ho hooked up with uh, with Brendan, of course, just because of with AIM and what I've done with AIM. And he literally just said they were just up there in Pennsylvania talking about trigger leads. So this thing's kind of spreading a bit, but like you said, it looks like it's gotta be state by state. And that's one of the, the heavy hitting ones we're trying to get figured out. So it's happening in Pennsylvania is what I'm saying. And if we can get, like you've probably noticed, if you can get good ethical uh, real estate uh, partners involved in this with aim and you kind of battle things together because it all affects us all can really do do some good you know that's what Brian I've seen. and katie have been doing a phenomenal job oh yeah down in dc i can't give them enough credit for not just the work that they're doing but the time they're putting in and mm -hmm. and the the conversations they're having and the respect that they're getting right out of the mm -hmm. gate that's important for our industry it's necessary mm -hmm. and when they talk about having a seat at the table um they they put the brokers there and they yeah. weren't for a long time um there was a big gap there and and they brought them back and you know we went down to national broker day uh in uh new york city two years ago and then dc last year and that big push for the pack and mm -hmm. we're excited to come down in july for the next one that's cool yeah i'm reading right here as well so you're the former president and chairman of uh mortgage bankers and brokers association right of new hampshire right so you did that for a while. Obviously, that's why you're helping us out now. Where, uh, not you know, not to put you on the spot, but where could, from your past doing that and AIM being so new in this game with advocacy, like what are some, like we're doing a good job is what I'm trying to ask. What else could we do better that you've learned in the past? Like just keep going, consistency, like what what is it, you know? Yeah, so I think, I think AIM's firing on all cylinders. I think, and one of the mm -hmm. suggestions I had was to do the state program and they're, they're doing cool. it. And, it, and it's mm -hmm. good because it gets representation from as many states in the country as possible. 
And when it's quarterbacked by a great trade group like Eamon, leaders like Brennan and Katie and their team, mm -hmm. and then you get some direction and then you bring the folks down to D.C. And the, the you know legislators in D.C. want to hear from constituents. They want to hear from voters. They want to hear from donors. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to have that message being um, communicated by people in each state to their state leaders and legislators with the quarterbacking of a great team and aim, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's going to do a lot of great things. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. No, I mean, that's what I love. Um, I've kind of been with aim from the start. I saw it kind of grow and it did, it started like anything else, right? Like you're really just trying to figure it out. You're having some fun. It was more even marketing. Like that's just what it was. And then to see it really evolve um, over the past few years with actually getting things done. Like it's really cool to see, you know, because um, it's really making real change. If I'm being real, that's what it was. It was more of a marketing company for brokers. Now it's literally changing things for the consumer for the good. So it's really cool. Absolutely. It's, it's changed from conversations to action. And, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a good that's, point. That is the best thing to see for our, our group to have that representation, to have that voice, to have that seat at the table, to have those discussions, be part of the solutions and uh, and then be part of the advocacy, you know, mm -hmm. the, to go down there and, and go, you know, with a large numbers broker strong into D.C., you know, people start to listen. And like I said, they've been doing a great job in corralling people, getting people to uh, be rowing in the same direction. And I think they're going to be able to accomplish a lot of good things. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, kind of going back a bit, because I'm always curious about this and you touched on it, right? Uh, you said you went to school really in, in a, a, you know, business, financial, right? But were you saying like, I'm going to be in mortgages? Like what was your, like, no one says they want to be in mortgages is what I'm trying to say. And you kind of, what's the story of like how you became into mortgages? Who found you? Who so basically you when I was in college, I interned for Solomon Smith Barney and financial services. Uh, and uh, Fidelity down in Boston on summer in Devonshire. And, you know, if you ever watched that that movie um, Office Space, yeah, the comedy, that's what you felt like. And, and you're having conversations and people don't want to be talking to you and you're trying to sell them on the phone. It's almost like watching like um, Boiler Room or one of those call center type uh -huh. places. And I'm like, uh -huh. this is not what I want to be doing. Uh -huh. And, uh -huh. you know, I started one day for an hour and a financial services company. And I left. I'm like, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I had a conversation with some folks that I, I still work with today. And um, they were in mortgages. And I'm like, those people want to talk to us and we're helping them. And in the on the mortgage broker side, when you're faster, cheaper and have more products mm -hmm. and you can develop relationships by providing good service and price, mm -hmm. it, it makes it easy because then people want to not just come back to you, but they want to refer you. You know, our uh -huh. motto and all our advertising or radios ads is that if we get to a closing table and the client doesn't feel compelled to refer us, we didn't do our job. That, uh -huh. That's our that's our message. That's our proposition. And that's how we truly feel. And, uh -huh. um, you know, we have a lot of conversations with retail loan officers, guys from call centers and they're, you know, they're struggling. They're looking uh -huh. for a new home. And when we talk about what we're doing in the broker world, they're like, that sounds so much better. Mm -hmm, and uh, mm -hmm. I think that's why you've seen that large movement from retail to broker. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I, uh, I don't know if a better term to say, it, um, but the consumer is getting smarter as well. Like they're starting to understand that 
that smaller local type broker working their butt off trying to form relationships that's the one to really work with and they've sniffed out the trigger lead type you know companies the call centers like they've just gotten smarter on how to figure out where the best deal and service is like and that, that that's a big thing from all of us over the years doing the right thing it just takes time right that's how i feel like they've gotten smarter and you know it's the big girl and boy world here in the broker side that's what i call it you know you might start in a call center like my brother did then maybe you go to a bigger bank then you kind of keep going up and this this is the no pun pun intended the pinnacle of of the industry in my opinion on the broker side and the consumer's starting to realize that you're absolutely right and it becomes yeah. more profound when interest rates are rising mm -hmm. you know when interest rates are going down and you get a phone call and whatever you're saving some money and a broker might save you a little bit more and at that point in time it's it's okay but mm -hmm. when rates are going high and they're the, some of the highest points we've seen in the last 15 20 years mm -hmm. consumers get educated real quick oh yeah like, why am i paying that much more why is it a percent higher at a retail why is the closing cost i saw some uh, competitors fee sheets on retail three points and you know crazy mm -hmm. high rate well, well why and then they ask those questions and the answer is because they're just charging you more you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. just more expensive for the purpose of being more expensive make more money where a broker mm -hmm. is giving you a fair deal mm -hmm. and they're going to save you money and they're probably going to close you faster and it's probably going to be a smoother process because you're not going to have all the big overlays of retail mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh it's helping get that word out there, as you're saying, in the broker world. And then obviously we have some great industry partners that promote it as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's on national news. There's commercials on halftime of the Super Bowl. And, you, you know, you, you're making the broker world is making a larger footprint in the nation. And, you know, you got to give some credit to UWM, largest mm -hmm. lender in the country, only working through brokers. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's in conversations with talking heads and there's conversations on Wall Street. There's conversations in financial news stations because... Mm -hmm. The largest company only works through brokers. Yeah. So, you know, the broker world's come a long way and there's a lot of great leaders that are part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Especially for someone like yourself being in it since 2006, really embedded in the broker world to see how far it's come and all the cycles. I mean, you've, you've seen it all really at this point. I'm really only halfway, you know, so hopefully I get to the next cycle through this and we're good to go. But um, that's cool. Um, I did want to bring up so oh taking a step back so pinnacle i want to talk about pinnacle a little bit how's your setup you're still originating right because you yes. said a client that texts you how's how's your company set up maybe how many employees do you have how's it set up yeah so basically we're non-dell and broker okay um we're working with like 46 different lending partners uh like i said we're in 14 states soon to be actually 15 states soon to be 17 so we just got an approval yep. yesterday out in oklahoma um we have, I want to say 43-ish or 44 licensed LOs mm -hmm. and then 56, 55 total employees and cool. growing. You know, we're just like a lot of other companies in the broker channel. We're growing while the retail side shrinking. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of good people available. And there's a lot of good people available that have industry experience that when they get a sense and they, and they learn and they're educated on what the broker channel looks like, they kind of get reinvigorated and they get excited and they make that move. Um, but, you know, we're in growth mode. You know, we're looking to expand in different states. I was just in Charlotte yesterday with the team down there and we got some new people coming on Oklahoma, some in Texas. And we're doing just 
the same as a lot of the other mid-size and larger broker shops. We're, we're okay. taking advantage of the pivot in the market and we're trying to hire some good people to the channel and, and utilizing the partners and tools that offer that support. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, um, you know, these mid-size type uh, brokerage shops, I'm smaller, you know, I have a few LOs, a couple support staff, we're just kind of running lean and mean, but we'll take on the right people. Right. I haven't done really much heavy recruiting, but for people that are, that are recruiting right now's the, the time to get it. I would say, is there anything that you could um, tell any of the mid-size shops that are trying to recruit, trying to get out there more, a couple things that you're doing? I mean, it's kind of speaking for itself a bit, but but what are you doing to to make sure a new LO has a soft landing with a change? Yeah, so basically a couple things to that question. I, I remember being down at Wall Street with UWM a couple of years ago, and I was talking to one of the owners of C2 Financial. They were 900 strong mm-hmm. and uh, great guys, very uh, willing to help talk, share ideas. And I asked them, how'd you get to that size? And the answer was one person at a time. Mm. You know, do I do it methodically? You got to hire the right people. You know, mm. we've had opportunities to take on teams, 14, 15 people, um, not a good fit. Some other places mm. are going to be a good fit, but, you know, be able to recognize that you don't have to grow fast. Good you point. have to grow smart. And mm. I think that's some of the best advice we've could have got. Um, we do have a lot of training. You know, we have on the support side, we got processors 35, 37, 38 years in the business, 20 years wow. in the business. So we have a great team that we built in the back office, which makes that transition um, smoother. And we do rely on some third party training, um, building your business by referral. You know, I've been in that system since 2003 with Buffini and company. I yeah, swear Buffini. by it. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about building genuine relationships. That's what the whole platform is about. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's geared towards realtors. Lenders, it's very similar. We're both prospecting for new new leads, new business. Yep. Um, they're selling the house, we're financing it. And it creates a lot of synergy. So we firmly believe in that, you know, building relationships, um, in my opinion, makes our job much more enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. And it holds you accountable. Holds you accountable to be, you know, our tagline is trust professional experience. It mm-hmm. holds us accountable to being good at what we do, learning how to be better each day, and uh, teaching the folks that, you know, we bring on how to be a trusted professional experienced loan officer. You know, mm-hmm. that's our that's our mission here when we talk to new people and when we're trying to vet if they're going to be a good fit or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's a long term play. If you, I mean, this isn't just a, a quick one year, you know, refi boom type company. If you want to be in this, it's you got to form relationships. It's a long it's a career. It's a long term career. You have to have that that mindset. So if we even dive into that a bit more, right? In terms of that customer experience, can we break that out a little bit more? Like, what what are you teaching some of the the new teams that come on? Um, uh, in terms of that client experience, forming relationships, anything all on the top of your head that you guys do? Yes, absolutely. So we we focus very highly on customer experience throughout the transaction, but not just throughout the transaction. After the transaction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of companies will focus on going out and entertaining some realtors or some other folks mm-hmm. and, you know, asking for the next new loan. We spend a lot of time on a yearly basis, probably seven to eight events a year where we invite our most recent clients to events after they closed. Mm-hmm. And we're formulating relationships with them. We're inviting their families their kids. We do cool. stuff in the local community and we're building those relationships. So they know that we care. It's not, Hey, your loan's closed. We're not going to see mm-hmm. you for a long time. Your loan's done. 
And that's how you build those referral relationships. That's how you, that's how you build lasting relationships, but you're also providing a level of service. Mm -hmm. They come to us, they have questions. They, they, they're, they're coming back and saying, Hey, I need a plumber. Or, hey, you know, I need a solar guy or they're coming back asking for referrals mm -hmm. and it keeps that dialogue going. So it's not just a one and done transaction. And then that's how you build some loyal relationships. They rely mm -hmm. on you. They rely, rely on you for your, your knowledge, your professionalism, your experience, and you're able to provide that other than just on a one transaction deal mm -hmm. and teaching loan officers to value that. And to understand how important that is, you know, when you put in that time, I know I was at success track back in January and they're talking about it's relationship building season. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you focus on that year round, not just when it's a slower market or rates are high and you, you, every day it's a, it's a focus of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It is going to be a consistent business business for a long term play, not just writing a bunch of loans when there's a bunch of loans to write. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that, that adds value to our loan officers, add values to our realtors and our business partners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you're kind of, this is what I preach to my team as well. Like you're the go-to or the advisor for anything, whether you're like you said, solar, which is big right now, need a plumber. Oh, you need a babysitter. Like we run into so many different, that's why this business is great. We run into all different types of business and all different careers. You start keeping track of that, you're following up with people. Now you kind of create this book of business for everybody that you come in contact with. And that's what we've tried to teach. It sounds like that's what you're doing. You're not just a mortgage guy. Like you're the everything for a lot of people. And I think when people go through a transaction that is so intense, sometimes, you know, that connection is just formed, you know, like you can't get away from it. Now they're coming to you for everything. So it's cool. So I second Absolutely. that. One of the most powerful referrals that you can have is the one that you give. Mm -hmm. And we teach our loan officers, you, you build a network, you build a team, you build like a, a bench of people in different trade groups, industry groups that you can refer that when you have a client that needs their services. And there's a lot of alignment with different industries, you know, whether it be an accountant, attorney, financial planner, home and auto insurance. There's a lot of different synergies. And, uh, you know, I always use the Kevin McHale analogy. So back as a Celtics fan growing up in the of 80s, you had the big three, right? And yeah, no one yeah. want no one wanted to throw the ball in the Kevin McHale. They called him the black hole because mm -hmm. when you threw him the ball, he never sent it back. Mm -hmm. You're never going to see Kevin McHale leading the assist board on a box mm -hmm. score. And mm -hmm. in our business, a lot of loan officers kind of act in that same mentality where they're always begging for a deal from a realtor or from mm -hmm. a client, but they're never thinking, how can I help enhance that person's mm -hmm. business? How can I help them grow their business? How can I help them and what they do? And mm -hmm. When you focus on the give and take, I think those those relationships are going to be stronger. They're going to be more longer lasting and they're going to be more frequent. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, it, the Celtics you brought up, only jersey I'll ever wear is a Larry Bird jersey. I've been told I look like Larry the legend a little bit. Only Celt I'll only wear it on St. Patty's Day, too. So that's that's just a little thing I got to throw in there again. Um, yeah. And also brought me back to. Um, the Buffini thing. I remember when I started in the industry at Wells Fargo, we'd rent movie theaters out, you know, with Buffini. So it's that type of thing, like you said, in, inviting clients, real estate agents, whoever really, and getting them out there. So yeah, if you're not doing stuff like that, I know I do that with, with our company, a lot of local events, whatever it may be, like do it. Like it's not just calling realtors all day. Like just get out there, get in the community, let people see who you are. And it just seems to come. 
you know, not even thinking you're getting anything. That's what I always say. Just go do some good and it seems to come back, but don't expect it, but it will type of deal. You know, Absolutely. that's how we run ours. That's cool. Uh, Kurt, I mean, we're like 28 minutes in, which is awesome. I told you we'd go by fast. Um, I always try to end these with uh, uh, two questions, right, to get your thoughts, right? Um, first one, if you're a newer LO, right, or if you're looking to reinvent yourself like you have to do in this industry, what's where's one to two things? Like, where would you start? What would you tell that person? You got to support the community that supports you. And uh, we did that a couple of years ago in a big way. We founded the Pinnacle Foundation August 2021. Our foundation is to support homelessness, which is a big issue up here in New Hampshire. Uh, there's a big opiate crisis and homelessness issue. Uh, veterans and financial education and literacy. Today, I think we're pushing over $110,000 gross. We basically cool. do three events a year. We're going to do events anyway. We do three events a year to raise money and direct funds to make a larger impact in uh, those areas. And um, we've done some great things helping increase transitional housing units at the local shelter at 1269 Cafe. We bought more beds to increase capacity. Uh, we supported the veterans transitional housing with medical and dental expenses. Um, BAE in our, in our local community has a transitional housing for veterans, 77 beds between Manchester and Nashua. We help bring starter kits to those folks that walk into that house with nothing and mm -hmm. bedding, toiletries, uh, sheets, pillows that they can take when they move into independent living. And I think in the broker community, you hear lots of conversations like that. There's a lot of good brokers throughout the country doing similar things. Mm -hmm. And I think for LOs to really get ingrained in the community, you got to support your community if you're expecting mm -hmm. them to uh, give you an opportunity to earn their business. Yeah. Yeah. No, those, those are great things. And like you said, you're a, you're a bigger company doing these things, but as just a single LO, you can do these things as well. You know, Absolutely. go make some waves. You can do it on a smaller scale and it works just as well. Uh, you know, that's how I kind of did it just as an LO getting out there, just doing it on my own. And then hey, eventually it turned into a small little company and we're doing it on a bigger scale. So you can do it as just an LO part of a company. You can really piggyback off of that. No doubt. So that's great stuff, man. That's awesome. Um, Last question. The next three to five years, whether it's real estate, the mortgage world, where do you see it going? Does it, it doesn't mean there's going to be, oh, here's what the market's doing, but where do you just see our community going? Well, that's kind of a loaded question. So, oh, yeah. I like I it. Mean, how I feel with my experience in doing this for 20 years, you know, I have a degree, undergrad in finance, I got an MBA in finance. Where I see the industry going, is I see that there's a massive supply and demand issue nationally for housing. The conversations mm -hmm. we just had today with the state legislators, and we heard it last month in DC with some of the national legislators is affordable housing, affordable housing, affordable housing. There's a housing supply and demand issue. And I think that's gonna protect that collapse that you saw back in 2008. Mm -hmm. um, there's a you know inventory, I saw some of Barry Habib's charts from last month. Inventory is at some of the lowest levels we've seen in 20 years. And I think that obviously that's a symptom of having high rates. If someone wants to sell their house and they're in a nice low rate, are they apt to list their house if they can't obtain a decent rate on the purchase side? No. So I think, you know, I, I heard his information the last couple of days and they're talking about rates trickling down into the summer here. I think as rates trickle down, you're going to see some more inventory. 
You're going to see the people wanting to downsize, the empty nesters wanting to get the uh -huh. single level living. You're going to see probably a little increase in inventory, I would expect. And, you know, one of the things we haven't seen, which was, you know, contributing to some of this increase in rates is there's been a lot of government intervention in the mortgage industry for a long time. Mm -hmm. Post 2000, you know, September 11, you know, to now, there's been a crisis after crisis and they got involved and they got involved in keeping our markets fluid and it helped drive rates down. So mm -hmm. it's it's unprecedented. It's not like you can say, oh, when this happened back here, this is how the outcome was. We haven't been in a period of so much government intervention in the mortgage rate market that we've seen. But I think from a simple economic standpoint, it's supply and demand and our population's increasing. There's people coming in the country every month. So mm -hmm. I don't think that issue is going to go away. And mm -hmm. in past recessionary periods, real estate market has been strong. And I think we're going to continue to see that. You know, in our area, rents are at all time high. Um, prices are still climbing. They're not, they're not mm -hmm. decreasing. Same. And, yeah. you know, from three months ago to this recent, we're seeing competitive bids. And I had a contract right now, guys, 100,000 were asking. And the appraisal came in because there was multiple wow. offers. So it's, you know, there's a lot of demand for housing, which is going to, mm -hmm. I think, keep our market strong. Mm -hmm. um, my advice for loan officers and, and people in our industry is stop watching the talking heads. Yes. They, 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 they can get you sideways and they can create a sense mm -hmm. of fear. fear. Hey, fear sells. Mm -hmm. Fear gets clicks. Fear sells ads. But yeah. I think if you just keep focused on the daily activities that help you build relationships, make contacts, follow up your clients, provide good customer service, the rest will just take care of itself. And that's mm -hmm. the advice that I give our team here. That's great. Yeah, you brought up Barry. Um, actually, if you read uh, his commentary today, not sure if you did, but actually talks a little bit about trying to spur some more inventory. You know, obviously someone's got two and a half rate, right? It's tough to sell to go to six and a half, whatever it might be. But really being an advisor again, educating the client, hey, if you're making this much on the sale, right? And there is some inventory. Hey, let's work on your other debt. Let's, let's be a real advisor to people and cut up the proceeds. So it's a good one. Since you brought up Barry, read it today because that's kind of what you're talking about. So I'll leave you with that, Kurt. Um, I appreciate all you do for AIM. I hope to meet you one day. Um, I'm sure I will. Uh, but if you need anything else, please let us know. Thank you very much, JP. And thanks for inviting me on. And uh, I look forward to meeting you as well. Hopefully we'll see you down in DC in July. Yeah, be awesome. Thanks, Kurt. Have a great day. You too. Attention brokers, step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country. AIM's sixth annual Fuse National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news, and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events that is aimgroup.com backslash events.